Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. There is only one queen. Alex, do you watch The Crown? I do watch The Crown. I started binge watching it yesterday. Me too. It sort of got me thinking, like, wouldn't this all be a lot easier if we just had a monarchy? <laughs> so much for the second Elizabethan age. Um, I mean, I, I suppose a transition would certainly be easier. Mrs. Thatcher. Your Majesty. If all you had to do was uh, you know, ha- go to the monarch and the monarch's like, you have my permission to go form a government. <laughs> Your party has won the election. It is my very great pleasure to invite you to form a government in my name. Congratulations, Prime Minister. Thank you, Mom. But instead, we have Emily Murphy at GSA. Emily Murphy, the woman at the General Services Administration, who so far has not certified that uh, Joe Biden is the is the winner. As the person um, that you have to go to. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, more than a week after Joe Biden won the presidential election, Alex Thompson on why the heck the results still aren't certified and the transition still isn't official. You know, in many ways, The GSA, also known as the General Services Administration, is the bureaucracy for the bureaucracy. (laughs) So they are sort of the bureaucrats serving the rest of the civil servants in the federal government. And the reason why they are suddenly, in some ways, like the most critical agency in the next two weeks is because the law gives the head of the GSA the sole authority to start or not start a presidential transition. The Fox News decision desk can now project that former Vice President Joe Biden will win Pennsylvania and Nevada, putting him over the 270 electoral votes he needs to become the 46th president of the United States. And so what's going on is, yes, the Associated Press called the election. Yes, the New York Times did, NBC did. But until the GSA does, the Biden administration cannot officially start its own transition. Now, what that means practically is that the Biden campaign or the Biden transition cannot communicate with the agencies they are going to staff. So the Biden transition has already got over 500 people that they have already organized to go and start communicating with the agencies in order to coordinate the handoff. And until the GSA administrator, her name is Emily Murphy, says so, they can't talk to any of the agencies they're tasked with staffing. And so they're a little bit, you know, they're trying to find other ways to keep themselves occupied and and sort of prepare themselves. They're reaching out to think tanks and to other former employees of these agencies to help learn how to do their jobs. But at the moment, um, everything is a little bit stalled. So why is it stalled? I mean, when it comes down to it, why hasn't Emily Murphy, why hasn't the GSA signed off on an official transition? Well, it depends who you ask. Now, there are some people about town that argue that Emily Murphy, who was nominated by President Trump and was confirmed in 2017, that this is her being sort of a political hack, right? That she is doing Donald Trump's bidding. That is what some people are arguing. Now, 
I have to say that most of the people that I've talked to that actually know Emily Murphy um, argue that it's actually a little bit more complicated, that the GSA really doesn't want to appear partisan. And the thing is that because President Trump has not conceded the election and because he is claiming that he has won, she does not want to look like she is you know, helping out the Democrats by declaring Biden the victor because she's scared of the GSA being labeled as like a as a political entity. Now, part of the other problem is that the longer she waits, you know, waiting is also a political decision. Um, and so increasingly you're seeing Democrats getting frustrated and accusing her of of making a partisan decision for Trump. And they say, oh, no, we're going to we're going to hold the key to the door of the transition office. And they're like a little child in a playground. No, we got the key. We got the key. We're not going to share the key. Oh, come on. So she's really caught in the middle here where she's trying not to piss anyone off or either party off. And it becomes a position that's less and less tenable with every day. What are the actual implications of this? I mean, you mentioned that there are hundreds of people on Biden's team who are sort of waiting around to talk to members of of the White House. But like when it comes down to it, how much does it matter to have to just wait a couple more weeks to talk to the people whose jobs are going to be taken over? Well, it can matter enormously. And the thing about presidential transitions is I think they're they're sort of one of the most underrated uh, parts of a presidency because they really do affect everything. Um, uh, they they affect how well of a, of a start you get off to. Um, they control, you know, whether or not, like, who ends up being in the room when critical decisions are being made. You know, sort of the expression is that the, the 100 days before the inauguration are more important than the first 100 days of an administration. And the thing is that you have to realize the logistical hurdles that this transition in particular is facing. Not only are there's an economic crisis and a public health crisis, and that also means that all these people are coordinating everything via Zoom, which also just like takes more time and makes everything harder. But the the ultimate task that these people have to prepare themselves for is that every administration has 4,000 plus hires that they have to make. Um, these are political appointees. Some of them are Senate confirmed. But this is like a roster of 4,000 plus people. And you have to decide who you want, vet them, and hire them all. Basically, you want to do it as fast as possible because a lot of those 4,000 people that are in the last administration are leaving on January 21st. So every single day that you don't have time to communicate with the agencies to see where they are is a day you're never going to get back. And it will further delay your ability to staff up the federal government. Well, all of this is happening. We're in the worst of the coronavirus pandemic that we've seen yet. And we're also getting good news about, you know, how vaccines are looking pretty effective. But at the same time, you also have the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci. The virus is not going to stop and call a timeout while, while things change. The virus is just going to keep going. Warning that the transition could 
do things like slow down the vaccine rollout. The vaccines are effective. We want to get it approved as quickly as we possibly can. We want to get doses to people starting in December. And then we want to really get the ball rolling as we get into January, February and March. We want a smooth uh, process for that. And the way you do that is by essentially having the two groups speak to each other and exchange information. Should people be legitimately concerned that we're looking at a situation where, like, a lack of transition, a lack of sign-off from the GSA, a lack of concession from President Trump is preventing them from getting a vaccine sooner? You know, I would say we're not at the point yet where... I think people should be should be panicking about those things. And the Biden campaign has also signaled that. But, you know, if this goes till December 14th, which is when the Electoral College will officially vote, and then it's very clear that Joe Biden won the presidency, if you're waiting till then, this shortened transition is is likely going to create active harm in the public health response to the coronavirus and whether or not people can get vaccines. I don't think we're there yet. And Biden's campaign um, and transition team have said they're not there yet. But this is the potential to to spiral. I guess if the GSA is, as they say, trying to you know, prevent themselves from looking partisan and waiting until we get something like a concession from Trump, doesn't that look entirely possible at this point? that we could be waiting another couple weeks until the election results are totally certified? It's possible, and that's what is scaring people and, and is really concerning. I think you are going to see, if, if nothing happens by the end of this week, I think you're going to see a tremendous amount of political pressure come, come to bear. Alex Thompson, thanks so much for talking with me. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Also today, the White House is telling the Pentagon to begin planning to bring troop levels in Afghanistan and Iraq down to 2,500 each by January 15th, just days before President Trump leaves office. That's according to a defense official who spoke with Politico. The news, which was first reported by CNN, comes just a week after Trump fired Defense Secretary Mark Esper, in part for pushing back on Trump's efforts to accelerate the Afghanistan drawdown against the advice of military commanders. The military is in the middle of reducing the number of troops in Afghanistan from roughly 8,600 to 4,500. The new order would roughly have the number of American troops in the country again, ahead of the full withdrawal planned by May 2021 in exchange for a set of guarantees from the Taliban. The Trump administration has not given a specific timeline for when the roughly 3,000 troops in Iraq will come home. And... California Governor Gavin Newsom is ordering widespread closures of non-essential indoor businesses as the state faces its sharpest surge in coronavirus cases since the pandemic began. On Monday, Newsom announced that he was pulling the, quote, emergency break on reopening for 94 percent of the state's residents. The new restrictions come as several other states, including New Jersey, New Mexico and Washington, are also putting in place stronger safety measures, with confirmed cases in the U.S. now topping 11 million. (laughs) 
Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And to stay up on all of the latest on the presidential transition, be sure to sign up for our Transition Playbook newsletter. You can do that at politico.com slash newsletters. We've also got a link to it in our show notes. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.